you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to begin with verse number 17. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and um, we're going to see what the Lord wants to say to us. Glad to have the Cubstids back with us today. God bless them. We love them so very much and appreciate their ministry here. Helped us on Wednesday night and uh, it's always good to have them in town and Sister Anderson. Um, they had her out yesterday. I was feeling bad for her, Brother and Sister Cubstead. I offered to buy them lunch. They were out at work day yesterday. Brother Cubstead down on hands and knees working and um, Sister Anderson was in the other room, and I said, you, go, you guys want to go to lunch? And everybody seemed to be okay, but Sister Cubstead said, no, we've already, we ate breakfast just a little bit ago, so we're not going to go. And I felt terrible. They were preventing Sister Anderson from being able to go to lunch with us yesterday. But so we loved them very much. God bless them. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Now, most of us have read this text many times, and when we start most of you would be able to step right in and be able to complete this text because you're well aware of where the beginning ends. You're, you know it by heart. And so um, I'm going to try to take a, a moment this morning to help us. I'm going to break out a little revelation out of this text. And um, let's see what the, Lord, what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, here's the part. We, we don't mind it because we know what the end is, but I want you to catch this next phrase. Old things. That's everything prior to being a new creature. Old things are passed away. Now notice with me, there's a semicolon there. And this semicolon is a punctuation mark indicating a pause. Typically between two main clauses that is more pronounced than that that is caused by a comma. So it is an exaggerated pause. Old things are passed away. Now let's pause, but let's exaggerate the pause. What's the next word that the apostle says? Behold. 
Now the only reason for the word behold to be placed there in this text, the whole purpose of the use of the word behold in this sentence is to prolong the pause again. And it is saying now that you've paused, wake up, look, pay attention. Because there is something very powerful that is about to be said. So all things are passed away. Behold. Now if we're not careful, we'll get stuck right there in the pause. But if you can get your mind off of all of the things that you are having to leave behind. See, here's the problem. When we start thinking about all the things we are leaving behind, we become sorrowful. We become dreadful. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Wait. We read this as a positive because we know what the last phrase is. But let's read it in its actuality of how it is written. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, you got to give them up. You've got to get them out of your life. You've got to give, you've got to walk away from them. They are dead. They've passed away. They're gone. But if we are not careful, we will get stuck in the pause of what we have lost and fail to recognize what we have to gain. If you can get your mind off of the things you're leaving behind and maintain your focus in the fog of the moment of dilemma, I don't know what the next phrase is going to be. I don't know what God is about to write into my life. At this moment, I'm, I'm in between all the things I'm giving up and I'm supposed to pause here, but I haven't yet had the next chapter of my life written. I pray this morning that by the help of the Lord, by the time we leave, we're going to begin to see things more clearly. Because if you've been in the pause a while this morning, I want you to understand that on the other side of the prolonged pause, God is saying, I've come to make all things new. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach from the subject stuck in the pause. Lord, help us this morning to preach what you have laid up on our heart. I need your anointing. I need your inspiration. Quicken my minds and my thought this morning, Lord, to speak what you have spoken to me. Let this congregation receive the word of God with the anointing of the Lord that would change our hearts and affect our lives and our future. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. In 1808, the British and other allies pinned their hopes on soldier statement, statement 
Arthur Wesley, Duke of Wellington, who was sent to lead the Allied troops into a battle against Napoleon. Perhaps some of you heard the unusual account of how the news of this Battle of Waterloo reached England. The word was carried first by a sailing vessel to the south coast of England, and then from there it was relayed by signaling semaphore until it reached London. The message that came through to them on June the 18th, 1815, from atop the Winchester Cathedral, the message began to be spelled out, W-E-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. D-E-F-E-A-T-E-D. And then a dense fog closed in and the message could no longer be seen. The only message that the people had then was the message they had just seen, Wellington defeated. What a horrible outcome of their hopes. News began to spread like prairie fire across the countryside, leaving the hearts of the people in despair. They were defeated. They had no hope of celebration. It was final. Wellington had been defeated. These that day were much like the disciples of Jesus in that day when on Friday as Jesus was crucified and they took him and laid him in a borrowed tomb and all of their hopes and their dreams and aspirations and anticipation, all of their joy went from the darkness to the confines of a tomb. And with the lifeless corpse of Jesus laid wrapped in a tomb, all that they could see now is it is finished. The final words that Jesus spoke didn't mean to them what it means to us today. It is finished. It is over. It is the end. They had pinned their hopes on him. They had hoped that he was their answer. He now has been crucified. It was dark on that Friday in which Jesus was nailed to the cross. The message now to them simply said Jesus was defeated. Their hearts were filled with gloom and despair because the one they had placed all of their stakes in now is gone. He is departed. He even said, it is finished. They, they didn't know what you and I know. They didn't know the end from the beginning. They couldn't quote the Easter story because Easter had not yet happened. They didn't know that Sunday was going to be Easter. Between the crucifixion and the resurrection was a space of time. I'm going to call it this morning the silent pause. They could not see him. They could not feel him. And they could not hear him. They had memories. It appeared now that they had wasted three and a half years of their life following after Jesus. Things were blurry. Their thoughts are now foggy. Their hopes have been dashed. They were stuck in the fog of defeat that was really only just a pause. 
But since they didn't know what was going to be said after the pause, all they have to go on is what they can see and now what they have to think about during their pause. I have a feeling today that this may be where some of you abide. Maybe you're failing to understand the meaning of the pause that you're living in. You're stuck in the pause of defeat. You're living in the brutal fog of only having part of the message. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but you have maybe have walked into this building frustrated because the message that you received left you with more question than it has brought answers. Everybody else is hearing from God, but you haven't heard a word from God in a long time. God's answering everywhere else, but my prayers, it feels like, just bounce back from the ceiling. All I hear is the echo of my own prayer. Someone else is receiving their healing, but I'm not even sure that God knows where I am. Oh, I'm all by myself this morning. I spoke to someone this week. My wife asked me about the conversation. I said the reports came back much worse than they had expected. They're trying to have the faith to believe and trust God. But I could sense the nervousness and I looked at her and I said they're caught in the fog of the pause. Everybody else is being blessed, but I haven't felt a thing. Maybe you're beginning to question today. Maybe you're starting to wonder, does God really care? Does He even really know where I am? No, none of you, surely. You walk with God in the cool of every evening. You never face times of question or times of doubt. I want to tell you today that this pause is intended to get your attention away from all the other things. The whole purpose of the pause is to get you to clear your mind with some anticipation because something powerful is about to be stated when you get on the other side of the pause. I want you to hear me today. God has not forgotten you. No, you're not alone in feeling like that you have been forgotten. We all have lived there. I thank God for a spiritual wife that sometimes I look at her and say, my goodness, does God know where we are? And she says, quit talking like a foolish man. Of course God knows where we are. Of course He does. But at the moment that you're going through it, I preached a funeral a week or so ago and at the conclusion of the funeral someone said to me the message was wonderful. Thank you. I know that she's better. I know things are better. But right now it doesn't feel better. I said of course not. 
Because right now, all you're feeling is the pain of your own personal loss. In the pause sometimes, it doesn't, we're not yet feeling better. We're not doing better. As a matter of fact, we are confused. Because all we can see is the last statement we heard. Old things are passed away. I haven't yet received the promise of what is coming. All I know right now is everything I had to walk away from. All I know right now is everything that I had to give up in my life. Because the next chapter has not been written. While you think that nothing is happening in your life. It just may be that God has worked this season of the pause in your life. For a divine purpose. Because you simply would not be able to see clearly what God is going to do. If it wasn't for a moment that he had to pull you away from everything else. That doesn't mean you're not spiritual because you don't see it. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not walking with God because you feel the pain and the agony and you're confused and you don't know what to do and all you can think of is somebody quoted a scripture that God is not the author of confusion so God must not be authoring my life. It must be the devil himself. Oh no, I'm the only one that ever thinks that. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It just means that the pause is not permanent. The comma, the semicolon, was never intended to be the end. It's a, it's, there's one thing that is for certain anytime you ever see the comma or the semicolon. There is more to come. And the subject is about to change. Mm. I wish somebody would get what I'm saying this morning. There's more to come and the subject is about to change. We just got through talking about everything that passed away. But the subject is about to change. Could we begin to talk about everything that God is wanting to write new into your life? And maybe it's all things become new. But right now you're stuck in the pause and you're not seeing what's new. All you're doing is feeling the pain of what you've had to walk away from. It's this, this season is just designed for a moment and it's just a season. We all live through the seasons of life, but you're not going to stay in any seasons. For seasons revolve, they turn, they come again, they pass and they come again. Hold on, when the pause is over, the rest of the message will follow. And the rest of the message will sound different than what you just heard. Old things are passed away. But all things are about to become new. But it's the time. It's the season. It's what we feel now. It's, what, it's, it's the here and now. Can I tell you that God has always used time as part of His process? Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Should I read it to you this morning? To everything there is a season. 
a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stone, stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. If you got left out of that, your time is right in the middle of that. In other words, he's saying, wherever you are and whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're going through, there is a season. Just wait. There will be a reaping. There will be a change. There will be another side to this pause that you're in. God has always used time to perfect us. Oh, by the way, the 11th verse of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is the one I love so much when I read this because he says, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Last week, by the way, my wife made gumbo. Mm. Holy Father. She's attempted before. But this time, mm, she got it. She knew she did. Listen, my brother-in-law only likes McDonald's. But he came over and got some of that gumbo, and he said, is there any more of that gumbo left? I mean, when you get Danny asking for seconds, you have accomplished something. Now, as, as any soup, and real folks from the Deep South will know that you certainly never call gumbo soup. But, as any soup, it has sat in the refrigerator for a couple of days. And for all of those who say, I don't like leftovers, you've never had gumbo that has set for a couple of days. Mm. Let's all stand and be dismissed. <laughs> gumbo gets better with time. Because all those seasons, they mix together and marinate just right. I know I'm all that stands between you and lunch and I've lost you for the rest of this message gumbo gets better with time bread rises to perfection in time the issue is this you may be stuck in the pause right now but God is trying to do a work of perfection in your life this may just be a season of heaviness. First Peter chapter 1 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith CLC members, this isn't the first time you've heard me talk about this scripture. I bring it up quite often. It is the trial of your faith 
being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. What's this scripture saying? It's not the gold that's more precious. Oh, the trial's more precious than a pot of gold. No, that's not even what the scripture says. It says that the trial of your faith is more precious than any gold you'll. It's the trial that is more precious. It is the pause. It is what you're going through that is more precious. Oh, pastor, are you telling me that what I'm going through, I'm supposed to feel like this is precious? No, not now. You cannot see that it is today. Because you don't feel it today. You don't see it today. This is why we walk by and not by sight and not by feeling. Because today all you know is what you feel. The pain, the loss, the what you walked away from. The old things are passed away. But it is the pause that God is preparing you. It is the behold moment. It is the look ahead moment. It is the moment of get ready for what God is going to do on the other side of where you are. Can I speak to somebody today and tell you your best days are not behind you? you your best days are still ahead of you God never designed your life to go downhill he always moved you forward the tabernacle always moved the people of God to a higher place come on CLC I came this morning to tell you that God wants to perfect some things in you and take you to a higher place than you've ever been before There's greater days ahead for you. Oh, pastor, you don't know the pain. You don't know what I'm going through. Lift up your eyes. Behold, all things are become new. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. The issue is we have to learn the benefit of the pause. Children have to be taught to wait. It doesn't come natural. No, I want it. I want it now. God has to teach us patience. And sometimes He does it by not giving us the answer now. Sometimes He says yes. Sometimes He says no. He often says, wait. James chapter 1 verse 4 said, But let patience have her perfect work. Let what God is trying to do at this season or moment of your life, just go ahead and say, God, whatever you're you're cooking in me, God. Whatever you're making, God. Whatever you're working out of my life, God. Whatever all the pain, the anguish, the suffering, whatever it is that I've been through, let it have its perfect work. God is always worked through the process of time. Genesis chapter 4 begins that, and in the process of time, it came to pass, and it always does. Whatever you're going through always comes to pass in the process of time. Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground. You can go on and read through. It talks about rain in due season, meat in due season, a word in due season. That's what I'm trying to preach to you this morning. 
If you're stuck in the pause this morning, I want to tell you this is a word in due season for you. If you're wondering why is it God answering my prayer, this is a word in due season for you. While you'd like to rush through the pause and get out the other side and let's see what's in store. We act like life is Christmas morning. Let's run downstairs and rip open, open the gifts as quickly as we can. I like to hold things up. Let's just pause. It's often my job in the house to hand out gifts, and so it kind of falls. I open one between time because I, I, I don't really know how. It's not in my DNA, I guess. I don't really know how to receive gifts well. And so it, it's, but I get a lot of enjoyment out of giving gifts. And so I, I enjoy watching the, the, the smile on the face of others. And in the Jordan house, you always know you've done well when it brings tears. The Lytle house, they get up and high five everybody. But I love it. When you hand that gift and I look over and Dylan's over there puckering up and starting to cry. I'm like, mm -hmm, I did it. <laughs> Annette's up doing a rain dance. High-fiving everybody in the room. I like to slow it down. Danny's, come on already. I'm on your case this morning, aren't I? I'm sorry. When are you preaching next? <laughs> I didn't tell you if Brother Brosom, can Brosom cancels for some reason, you're on. So, <laughs> While we would like to rush through the pause, there is some beauty in, the, in, in, in us waiting and instead of us waiting with anticipation of I just anymore I just wait to see what horrible thing is going to happen next okay I'll wait with you or either in the middle of the worst day of your life I'm saying I'm waiting patiently because this is just a pause and God is about to speak the restoration on the other side. Mm. While the tomb was sealed, the world remained silent. What they failed to understand, that when Jesus was buried and they put a stone in front of the tomb, and it's sealed, and they put soldiers there to guard it, what they could not understand and what they did not know was that when the tomb, when the stone is rolled away from the tomb, when Mary and Martha make their way up to the tomb, the angel rolls the stone away. Jesus was already gone. Because they didn't have to roll, the angel didn't have to roll the stone back in order for Jesus to get out and go to work. The stone had to be rolled back so that mere humans could see in and see. Oh, he did what he said he was going to do, although I could not see it. 
So while the stone is still there, while, while you can't see beyond the fog and all it says is defeat, 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 and I can't see it, trust this much. Jesus has already gotten up and gone to work on your behalf. And while you can't see it, I love when they, when they sing the song, even though I can't see it, he's working. When I can't feel him, he's working. I don't know where, when, how, but he's always working. While you're over here struggling to find the faith to believe, Jesus has already gotten up and He's walking through hell so that you don't have to. And He didn't just go and preach in hell. Jesus didn't just go walk through hell for you and I, but He walked through hell and He took some keys. He hasn't just walked around unlocking doors, but the scripture said that he preached to spirits that were in prison. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. And I want to tell you that while you're still dealing with your sickness, Jesus has already been to prison and preached to that sickness. Spirit of infirmity, if you knew what was best for you, you would take your grimy hands off of my people while it's foggy and while they're in the pause and while they can't see the other side, spirit of infirmity, by his stripes, we are. The price has already been paid. While I'm in the fog, we are healed. If we understood what was going on during the pause of our infirmity, we would understand that infirmity needs to go ahead and loose its grip. After they suffer a while, I will make them perfect, establish them. They are going to come out of this more faithful than they ever anticipated. While people are struggling with the spirit of addiction, I have news for you. Jesus has already walked through hell, snatched the keys so that you don't have to battle the rest of your life. Spirit of depression, you need to go back to hell from whence you came because Jesus already has the keys over you. You will not be victorious in my life. Spirit of discouragement, if you only knew what they're going to be when they come out of the other side of this, you would have never even stepped up and spoken a word of defeat in their ear. Child of God, you won't always be in distress because help is on the way. Oh, I'm in the middle of it, Pastor. I'm going through it. Know this, Jesus is working while you're in the middle of it. You won't always be discouraged. Encouragement is coming. You won't always feel used up and stressed because strength is coming. You won't always be worn out with it because in due time we shall reap if we faint not. Listen, as sure as, sure as the sun will rise in the morning, times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, did you hear that? Well, I'm discouraged. I'm not going to church. You're not going to get, in, you're not going to get encouraged not being in church. Because your times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Well, I don't have to be in church to be in the presence of the Lord. No, you don't. But wherever you are, you better make sure you get in the presence of God. Because your refreshing is not going to come from a pity party. 
It's not going to come from the next good restaurant, from the next good meal, from the next family outing. Your time of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Many people live a lifetime of defeated messages because they lose focus in the pause. In Wellington that day, gloom filled the hearts of the people as the news spread like prairie fire to the surrounding countryside. They thought Wellington was defeated. But as the sun began to rise and burn off the fog of the morning, it became evident that the signals of the Winchester Cathedral had really not spelled out Wellington defeated. But there was more to the story. Because the conclusion said Wellington defeated the enemy. When the fog raised, when the pause was over, and when the sun came out, they saw Wellington had defeated the enemy. Jesus' burial chamber was not the final word. The message was not complete until the stone was rolled away. Your pause was never intended to be permanent. It, it, I know it may seem like a lifetime, but the next line is about to be spoken into your life. All things will become new. I'm closing this morning, but I want to speak to you today and tell you you've been weeping, you've been sorrowful, you've been in regret, you've been questioning, you've been going through it. It's long enough. Joy is coming in the morning. It's not unnatural to go through these seasons. It's not because you've done something wrong. It's because it's life. And it happens to all of us. We all go through these seasons of sorrow and grief and despair and dread and regret. But no matter how hard you may feel it's going to be to climb up the other side of the mountain, I want to tell you God is your source of strength. You may be under the load of it today, but I can tell you God's not under the load of it. He'll take His hand and lift the load. Paul said in 2 Corinthians I believe it was the fourth chapter. He said, for our light afflictions. Mm. Pastor, this is no light affliction. Sure it is. When you compare it to all the things the Apostle Paul said he had been through. Because just before he called all of our afflictions light afflictions, he talked about everything that he had been through. All of the trials and all the tests and all the shipwrecks and all of the loneliness and all of the despair. And then he says, for our light afflictions, which is just but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding weight of glory. I know it's hard to see that what you're going through is working for you. Listen to this preacher today. What you're going through is working for your good. For our light affliction. We may not understand it. We may not be able to see it. But He is working everything for your good. For we... No. 
that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Well, I need to understand that, Pastor. I need to, I need to be able to rationalize it. I need to be able to sort through it. I need to be able to figure it out. Never said you're going to understand it. The Scripture said you're never going to figure it out. It never, never gives us a promise of any of these things, but by faith, by faith we know that while I'm questioning and while I'm going through, we know that all things, everybody say all things, that means what I'm going through too. All things. Close your eyes where you are. Maybe you'd like to lift your hands toward heaven and just surrender it to the Lord right where you're sitting this morning and just begin to declare to the Lord, God, right where I am this morning, I, I want to turn it over to you. I want to put it into your hands. I, I've wrestled with it. I've fought through it and fought over it. And I can't see clearly and I'm... I'm struggling with it today, God. Come on, keep those hands high toward heaven. Open up your mouth and talk to the Lord right now and just commit it to Him. God, the battle is not mine, but it belongs to you. I, I, I've struggled with it and fought with it long enough, Lord. I need your help. I need you to, to lift this burden today. I need you to right the other side. I've been stuck here in the pause long enough, but I'm not going to stay stuck here in this pause. I, I know you're about to write, all things are become new. You're about to write, the all things are become new into my life. The next line is going to detail and help me to understand everything I've been through. And I'm going to look back, and when I look back, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to better understand it. But right now, God, right now, God, I don't understand that I'm going through it but Lord you're the lifter of my head you're the peace in my situation oh come on lift your hands stand to your feet and reach high toward heaven right now and just turn it to the Lord cry out to the Lord this morning cry out to the Lord this morning He hears your prayer He knows where you are Maybe you would like to step from where you are today. I open these altars. If there would be one in the room this morning that would like to just come pour your heart to the Lord, come give it to Him. Oh, yes. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome to come. seek the Lord today there's an answer for you the next word he speaks on the other side of the pause let's just turn this house into a prayer room for a few moments I know there's not room for everybody together in the front but right where you are why don't you just turn the whole house into a prayer room for a moment? Come on, commit it to the Lord. 
I'm not looking to the left or to the right, keeping my eyes on you. 